to the Renzo Republic. Gentlemen, welcome back to the program. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. This episode is special for me. Just kind of a background before I go ahead and introduce our guest. Several months ago, we had the infamous Super Tuesday, where we saw thousands of conservative candidates trying to take on establishment Republicans across the country. And there was one candidate in specific who I think was the litmus test for the GOP. She was going up against establishment incumbent Martha Roby out in Alabama. And after knowing her for several years, I knew that if we could invest in her race and keep her going, there was a chance that we could still have a conservative message in the GOP. Now, with that said, things always go kind of a different way than what we want them to. But what her campaign showed me was that we need to provide a voice for these candidates that actually believe in things such as free markets, the Constitution, the principles which our founding fathers founded this nation on. And after her campaign, I was asking myself, well, wait, what do I do? What happens if all these other people? So I thought, maybe I need to start something. Maybe I need to start interviewing more candidates. Maybe I need to start covering more local races. Maybe I should start a podcast and perhaps bring people on who the establishment and the mainstream media typically leave out. And I can't say that without knowing her and without being inspired by her race and everything that she's done the past couple of years, this show would be around. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to bring on the co-founder and president of the Wetumpka Tea Party and former congressional candidate, my friend, Becky Gerritsen. Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Remzo. It's great to be with you again. And I just want to thank you so much for all of your support during my campaign and before my campaign. It's just been great to know you, and I am really excited to be with you today. Thank you. So I wanted to bring you on for this topic specifically. Hundreds of people say that they have the answer, but in terms of w- defining it, I wanted your take. Now, what we're going to talk about for a little bit is the establishment. For years, what we thought of when we heard the term establishment were career politicians, crony capitalists getting in bed with bureaucrats and lining their pockets in order to sway special interests. And as we've gone throughout the past eight years specifically, it seems that establishment went from being a definition to apply to certain people to being more of a slur. And now that term is being thrown around everywhere. And that's not necessarily a good thing because people don't know what the establishment is per se. I've heard people call men such as Ted Cruz establishment. I've heard that term thrown around so many different ways. And I just feel that if we're going to keep identifying who the big problem makers in Washington are, we actually have to understand what the establishment is and who's part of it. If they cut off one head, two more shall take its place. Hail Hydra. And there's no one better than you because you've gone before it. You've looked it in the eyes and you've combated it when you were going up against the IRS, when you've been facing down Common Core, everything you've done. You know it better than everybody else. So in your words, what do you consider the establishment? Well, that is a great question. I think um, 
And I'm kind of in a weird place in my life. It's been four months since the campaign ended, and I am just catching up on, you know, my life after um, a long, hard race. And so a lot of these things have been going through my mind. And how I see the establishment is, like you said, you think of it as these career politicians, Um, But some of them maybe haven't even been in for that long, Um, but we still call them the establishment. And it seems to me like maybe establishment actually means the elites, those that think that they are above everyone else, those who are elected to a position, and then they forget who they're representing. And we can look just right now at what's happening with the Republican Party um, after the Orlando shooting. They are bowing down to the Democrats and wanting to give them gun control measures and these kind of things. It just it seems like the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are sort of melding together as one. I see them all as the establishment. And I well, I shouldn't say all. There are a few good ones out there who have not succumbed to the pressures of the people with the money, I think it is. Um, But I really think the establishment, those are the ones that are the elites in our government. Okay, now I understand I'm putting you in kind of a strange position with this, but if you had to point out one person or maybe two people or maybe you want to throw out the entire list of people who you consider establishment, who would some of those people be? Well, I think Paul Ryan would be a great picture. Um, We were all hoping that when John Boehner went away, Um, Things would change in Washington, and we had high hopes, um, some of us, for Paul Ryan. Um, But he has turned out to be the same thing as Boehner, and he has not shown the leadership that we would have liked. He has not taken a stance. So I I consider him one of the establishment. Um, Gosh, most of the Republicans in the Senate, Mitch McConnell is a great one. Um, He is definitely part of the establishment. I think it's Maybe easier to name those who aren't the establishment. In the Senate, I would name um, Senator Lee, Senator Sessions, Senator Cruz. In the House, you've got Jim Bridenstine, Louis Gohmert, um, Dave Bratt. You've got some good guys out there, but they seem to be definitely in the minority. I'm surprised you bring up Jeff Sessions. I remember during your campaign, he actually endorsed Martha Roby. Is there a bit of bad blood between you two? Is that all right? Water under the bridge? Well, you know, it's really funny. I have a great relationship with Senator Sessions, and I have um, ever since I started the Tea Party here in Wetumpka, Alabama in 2009. And he knows my work. We're we're close. Um, And I went to his office before I ran to tell him that I was going to run. And he said, oh, you put me in a in a hard position <laughs> because he is really good friends with Martha Roby's family. And he had told her this is before I was running. He had told her that he would support her um, for the election, even though she didn't have any competition at the time. And he said, you know, I really can't walk back on that. And I said, well, I understand that. But I just ask you just stay out of it. Let, this is between me and her. You do not need to get involved in this. And um, I really was hoping that he would do that. But let me tell you, 
Her seat was wanted by the establishment. More than $3 million were spent on that congressional race against me. And um, we still pulled in 30% of the vote, so we did good against what we were fighting against. But I I highly respect Senator Sessions. And the great thing about him is I don't always agree with him, but I call him up and I talk to him before a vote and say, hey, you know, this is what I'd like to see you do and this is why. And he listens to me and sometimes he votes my way and sometimes he doesn't. But when he doesn't, I can call him up and say, man, I'm really disappointed in you. And we're still (laughs) friends. You know, we're still able to have that kind of relationship. And I think that's important. I very rarely are you ever going to agree 100 percent with people in, in Congress or in the Senate. So absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things of party politics. I've I've been a member of the Libertarian Party since 2014, no, 2013, 2014. And I don't even get along with members of my own party. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a bit of a dark horse in that. Just as you and many other people have. I mean, the most anti-establishment candidates aren't simply the guys that go against the Democrats, but they're the guys that go against mm-hmm. their own party. I mean, you and I both endorsed Ted Cruz when he was running for president. Right. And, um, you know, when, when it comes to Jeff Sessions, I've always had a healthy respect for him, but he's always been kind of an enigma for me. Mm. Um, he's claimed to be this anti-establishment outsider type of guy he speaks his conscience but when it came to his choice of endorsements he went with donald trump now he's i think he's the guy that's really kind of distorted this i don't want to just primarily speak about trump because he gets all the talking points and the attention he wants but in Mm -hmm. terms of the source of all these problems that we've necessarily been having i'm not just pinning him on it but in terms of you know funding politicians on both sides of the aisle, he was there. In terms yes. of keeping people like Hillary Clinton in office when she was in Senate, she he was there. And he's not the only billionaire that's done that. I just feel that with the rise of Trump, in a sense, he's been able to say, oh, yeah, I, I was part of this establishment, but I'm not now because it's, it's me. Do you think mm. he's kind of distorted that in a way? I don't know. I think... Um and this this whole Trump thing, because Trump was not my candidate either, and I'm still working through what is going to happen on Election Day when I go to the polls. Um, I definitely don't want Hillary, but I, I'm not a huge Trump fan either. And I think Senator Sessions has been able to talk to Trump and advise him in, in some ways, and that gives me some comfort. Um, But, you know, I did mention Sessions as someone who is not establishment in the beginning. And maybe um, he is part of the establishment sometimes. Um, But I think in him fighting back against the uh, jihad and some of the Islamic issues, some of the immigration issues, he's definitely not on the establishment side. And I, you know, that's why I was throwing him into that category. Um, But he... He's been around a long time. He knows how the game is played. Um, but I do highly respect him, even though I don't always agree with him. Gotcha. Anyway, Becky, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remsor Republic. Hang on tight, and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remsor Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. 
For years, the Republican and Democrat parties have used social issues and crises to keep us at odds with one another. They've divided us into groups and pit each group against the other, while those in government have together collaborated to strip us of our liberty little by little. In 2009, I decided to do something about it, and the Rupert for Senate campaign was born. Government of, by, and for the people requires our participation, not as voters, but as leaders and decision makers. But the parties have made it all but impossible for real, ordinary Americans to do so. So this average American has, since 2009, worked to give the voters, at least of Ohio, a choice outside the parties. The message is simple. The Constitution protects every American equally, but it's powerless to protect itself. That's our job, and it's time we take it seriously. You can learn more about my campaign at scottrupert.com. I'm Scott Rupert, independent candidate for Ohio's U.S. Senate, and I approve of this message. We were just talking about who kind of constitutes the label of establishment, who doesn't. And kind of moving past Trump and what we were talking about previously, this is a very awkward time for Republicans. I've spoken to several other active members of the Republican Party at the state and federal level on the show recently, and they are in kind of the position that you're in. They don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton at all but they feel really uncomfortable voting for a man such as Donald Trump. Now, just to throw it out there, you, you're the only Republican, apart from Ted Cruz, who I've, own, who I've thrown absolutely all my support behind, mm. all my prayers, <laughs> all my you know, positive thoughts and everything else, because it seems that we have all these Republicans, and we saw this when they took a majority in the House and the Senate in the 2014 election, they come over and they say, oh, just give us one more chance. We know that we messed up, but we just need one more chance. Put us back in there. We'll do all these great things. If you love America, if you love freedom, if you love your family, then you'll love Cam Brady. He believes in our children. Education is our future because schools is this nation's backbone. When it comes to his opponent, he won't back down from a fight. I've seen a mustache like that before, and you know who wore it? Saddam Hussein. And I believe we never caught two of his sons, Uday and Falafel. Cam Brady is what makes America work, and he's not afraid to work it. What does Marty Huggins stand for? I'm Marty Huggins, and I'm a communist. That's a real shame. Cam Brady. I'm Cam Brady, and I approve this message. And then they get elected, and they go ahead and push a Democratic agenda, and when they do these things that their constituents don't like, they say it's in the name of compromise. Mm-hmm. Now, I look at all these Republicans that are running, and we have the guys that kind of jumped on the Trump train, and then the ones that are trying to just make their race focus on themselves. Your race was about free markets. Trump is talking about fair trade and tariffs. Your race was about the Constitution. Trump is about just having the right guy in office. It's kind of like a peasant mentality. It's like, oh, if only we had a good king. If we had a good king, everything would be better. We'd have more jobs. 
we'd have a wall, it would be huge, and all, this, all these <laughs> other things. I just feel that the Republican Party is kind of wigging out in a sense, and it's going to... This election's really going to show whether or not it stays to what it used to be, the, a liberty-oriented party, or if it's just moving towards a more progressive direction. How do you feel yes. about that? I definitely think that it is moving in a progressive direction. And I think sometimes when I sit back and think about it, I think it is media-driven because I believe that the Republican Party in general, and especially the ones in Washington— they are completely ignorant of the American people. I don't think that they are paying attention to what the Americans want. Um, you look at the whole Trump phenomenon, and people are really, in general, you know, he did so well during the election, and the Republican Party was just completely freaking out over it. They're just so out of touch. I think that they are trying to maybe please everyone but the fact that they don't know what everyone wants makes them such failures. You know, if they would just listen to their constituents instead, um, I think they listen to the left. I think they listen to the media and they change their rhetoric to suit what the media wants. And I think that's why Americans are so frustrated and so mad right now. And that's why they like Trump is because Trump just says what we want to hear. That's that's a scary thing that. I've kind of witnessed, I know many other people have witnessed, Trump has managed to tap into people's worst fears. Mm -hmm. And as I compare his campaign and others like his campaign to your campaign, you were in a very optimistic race. Mm -hmm. And you talked about tough issues. You were one of the few people to actually stand up and say, I'm going to prevent the federal government from bringing all these Syrian refugees into the country. I'm going to do all these things that were not popular. But you didn't do it in a sense of fear. You did it in a sense of once we do it, things might be a little rocky, but we're making the right decision. Ultimately, yeah. things will be better. It's that optimism that I think Trump and many others kind of pushed aside because fear speaks more than optimism mm -hmm. in a way. And it kind of hypes everyone up. Yeah, and that's... That's the worst type of thing that you can do when you're trying to make a choice, when you make a choice out of fear. But on the one hand, yes, I think there is some fear. He's playing on some fears, but I also think there's such a reality check to it. The American people know that we are losing the battle with the Islamic State right now. We are losing the battle um, at our border. And I don't know that it's necessarily completely fear, but it's just... It's reality. It's we need somebody who's actually going to do something about this. And that's why they're excited about him. Whether he's going to do it, I I hope so. But there are a lot of red flags with him, too. I'm not I'm not totally 100 percent comfortable with that decision yet. But we've got a few more months before the election. So maybe I'll get there. Would you consider a third party? Um. I really think at this point, and, and this is probably not what you want to hear, a third party would, would give it to Hillary. But when it comes down to it, I'm, I know in the end I'm going to stand before God in who I voted for and why I voted for them. And I would look at a third party, but at this right now, I don't think I would go that way. I but understand. I will look at everyone out there. 
No, I, I completely understand. This is putting this is putting principle to the test for many people. Yes, it and is. And at the end of the day, they want to be able to go to sleep at night and feel good about the mm-hmm. person that they're voting for. Right. And I've I've publicly endorsed Governor Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, but even I've had some pretty severe hang-ups about them. Yeah. You know, they're they're very weak on religious liberty. That's something that's important to people like you and I. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. pro-choice. That's something that's really just despotic to you and I. Right. And there are other things about them that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I wish that they were not the ticket that we have, but in terms of the most legitimate ticket that we've had to offer, this is the election where we've been able to prove it. And I'm I'm going to cast my vote for them because I ultimately don't want to vote for Hillary and her donor. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of end the Trump talk at this point, I'm worried that after this election cycle, I really fear for the few Republicans who I have a deep respect for, men like Mike Lee and Rand Paul mm-hmm. and Ted Cruz and the Amashes and the Gomers of the GOP, because they're a very small handful I mean, even the House Freedom Caucus gave us Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. I mean, people forget about that. The House Freedom yes. Caucus gave us Paul Ryan. And they didn't have to. And they, they had a better choice. Uh, they folded at the end. I thought they were going to do the right thing. But at the end, they they didn't. That was very disappointing. Exactly. I'm, I, I just watched that movie, The Free State of Jones, with Matthew McConaughey. And if you haven't seen it, it's an amazing film. It gives a scathing history of the Democratic Party. But when when I think of the Republicans, I try not to just think of the ones that we've had the past 20, 30, 40 years or so. I try and think of the Republican Party that emancipated the slaves. I'm trying to think of the Republican Party that, you know. That we were um, proud of? Yeah, the one that we were proud of. I mean, it was mm-hmm. Democrats that resegregated the army after Republicans desegregated it. Mm -hmm. It was the Republican Party that gave us men such as Calvin Coolidge and Ronald Reagan. It was the Republican Party that pushed for civil rights. It was the Republican Party that pushed for non-interventionism. It was the Republican Party that was always trying to stick with the Constitution, and we haven't seen that in so long. So for me to see all these other progressives jump in and now they're taking over, you know, I want to see another Becky Gerritsen run for office in my lifetime. If you don't run again, if you run again, you know, I'm, I'm all there with you, Becky, but I want to see more people like you run Mm -hmm. because you, you inspire so many people and there are other people that do the exact same thing, but they're very small. And when they put that Republican label next to their name, it, you know, it, it draws a lot of questions. Right. Especially now, like you said, I think they're in such a transition, if you will, what what is I can't wait till this um, the convention. Will we have a better idea of what is a Republican? Because it's very blurry to me right now. At this point, would you say that the Republican Party's kind of torn between two camps? I know people they yes. try and they try and talk about the Republican factionalism, but if you had to define the two factions within the Republican Party right now, what would they be? Well, I think you've got the limited government types. Um, those close to their constituents, the ones that know the proper role of government and the rule of law. And then I think you've got the crony capitalists and the progressives on the other side, both in the Republican Party. Yeah. And, um, you know, if with the convention coming up, I'm really interested to see how they're going to adjust the Republican platform. 
Yes. I mean, that's that's the thing that's really terrifying me because Trump has already put gun control up for debate after he got the NRA endorsement. He already put, you know, the pro-life stance up for mm-hmm. up for debate. What, what are some of the things that are worrying you about this upcoming convention? Those are uh, those are huge to me The the you know, the pro-life movement is really big. Um, I think so much of bailing out Wall Street and bailing out these big businesses that is not the role of government, and that's not what we should be doing. But it seems like every year, more and more of our legislation is going to prop up businesses, prop up banks, you know, prop up these solar energy companies or whatever it is. And that is not the role of government. I would like to see less government, and I would like to see the government that our founders wanted, that, that's written about in our Constitution. We are so far from that. Exactly. Even if we had a president that just refused to pass every act of Congress and just stuck with the Constitution, we'd have the most liberty-loving president mm-hmm. automatically. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I don't think we're going to see that for a while. Anyway, folks, we're about to take another commercial break. Hang on tight, and we'll be back in a minute. Renzo in the mix. What's our problem with messaging the ideas of liberty? Is it the ideas? Is it the people? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's the fact that we're just not doing it in a smart type of way. This is where the Libertarian Youth Caucus comes in. The Libertarian Youth Caucus represents the millennial wing of the Libertarian Party. They're trying to expand the party base while finding new ways to communicate simple, timeless principles such as open minds and free markets. What we need to know is how to find the next generation of voters and make them vote for liberty. We can have a smaller government and a freer economy in our lifetime. And I believe that if we want to help invest in the Libertarian Party, the best way to do so is with the Libertarian Youth Caucus. Learn more about them today at lyc.silkstart.com. That's lyc.silkstart.com. This message is approved by the Libertarian Youth Caucus. So people often ask me what podcasts I listen to, you know, and I'm not listening to old episodes of my own, that is. There are many great out there. There are some that are entertaining, funny, you learn from them, they just give you a great insight you're not going to hear anywhere else. But there's one show that really comes to mind when I think of where to get your starting ground and understanding what open minds and open markets mean. It's actually the show that I listened to when I first started learning about libertarianism. It's the Lions of Liberty podcast with its host, Mark Clare. Mark and his team do excellent things, from libertarians in a living room drinking liquor to Felony Fridays. They have a great list of just amazing interviews, talking to the movers and shakers in the liberty movement. And let me tell you, if you want to get your friends who are a little apolitical or they're a little liberal or a little conservative, but they like the ideas of liberty, Mark Clare will give it to you at the Lines of Liberty. So go ahead, check them out on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes today, and check it out for yourself. I guarantee you will not regret it. Check it out today at www.lionsofliberty.com.
All right, folks, kind of finish up the show. Becky, what are some of the projects that you're working on? I want to take some time to talk about the things that are going on in your life and the things that you're trying to advocate for at this point. Well, like I said, it's been four months uh, since the election ended, and I'm just trying to get my life back on track, get my house back in order. I am about ready to be a grandma oh, in about awesome. three weeks. My Our only daughter, our only child is having her first baby, and we're really excited about that. They live about 10 minutes away from us in the same town, so I think being a grandmother will be awesome. I Did they find out if it was a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Yes, it's a little boy. His name's going to be Samuel Joseph. And out of all the things I've done in my life, and I've done a lot of amazing things, being a stay-at-home mom and taking care of my family is my number one highlight of my life. So I am excited about what the grandma stage will bring. It just sounds so old. I don't feel <laughs> so. I hate the word grandma. Um, so my name is going to be Boo because when I was growing up, my name was Becky Boo, and so I'm going to be Boo to my little grandson. Um, so that's kind of personally what's on tap for me right now. But I am heading off to Gitmo. Silence! I kill you. Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, on this weekend. To go to a hearing from a war criminal, I'm going. It's a terrorist hearing. I will be a non-governmental observer all next week, and I get back. Um, it's a week-long hearing, so I'll be down there Sunday to Saturday, and just watching the proceedings. Hopefully, I'll be able to. I may be able to Skype some while I'm there and do some interviews do, with. Some do they people. allow cell phones in Gitmo? <laughs> I believe they do, but I don't have all of the answers yet. There's still. It's really kind of secretive. A lot of the the information about the trial that I'm going am, am to Am I going to get a visit from the FBI once this episode uh, airs? We, you never know. You're, <laughs> I'm sure you're on their list. So oh, I'm, I'm on a bunch of watch lists at this point. Yeah. I know that. That's not uh, a secret. <laughs> so that's going to be really interesting. I have never, you know, I'm a military wife. My husband was uh, Air Force for 20 years, and so we lived all over the world. And it's going to be fun to be back in that military environment. And I actually worked for the staff judge advocate when we were first married, uh, when we lived in Guam. And so I'm kind of excited to be back in that environment. And I think I'll learn a lot. So that's really coming up quickly. And then and I'm working on a couple of other things. We still run our tea party. We meet monthly. Um, that is still going really well. We have great speakers come in from all across the nation that come. We have authors and movie makers and um, movers and shakers come and speak to our group, which is great. So I still am doing that. But I'm working on a jihad control subgroup, I guess you could call it. Um, just to help bring awareness to what's happening with ISIS and the Islamic movement in America. And I hope to really delve into that more. I hope to be doing some little two-minute videos on what's happening in Washington in regards to this issue. I think so many people like myself, before I got involved, I just didn't have time to, to understand all this, to look into this. I was busy raising my family. And so I want to do what I can do with a two-minute video or a two-minute call-out to just let people know what's happening because I know they don't have a lot of time to delve into it. So those are kind of the big things on my, my radar right now. Cool. I, I don't know if I told you about this, but um, it, it's interesting you bring up 
jihad, the radical Islamic agenda that we see in the country and throughout the world right now. I've been interning at the Media Research Center this summer, and probably, I think it was my first week there, uh, an email was sent out to the entire office, and it basically had a short message and a link at the bottom of it, and it basically said, okay, everyone, you're on CARE's Islamophobic list. I am for free press, fair elections, and equal rights for women. (laughs) I can't say that. Uh, uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. And they I, just published their new list, right? Oh, yeah. And basically, you know, it's all my favorite people in one mm-hmm. magazine being told how terrible we are. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Ted Cruz and a whole bunch of other people. They have my boss, Brent Bozell. And it's just it, it's really funny because actually, no, I take it back. They didn't have Brent Bozell. What Brent Bozell ends up doing was he noticed that MRC was not on CARE's Islamophobia list. So he actually penned an open letter to the president of CARE and said, you know what, you have all my friends and favorite people on this list. I feel left out because you didn't include MRC. And, you know, the one thing that we want to do in the world is help eradicate the left's love of radical Islam. So if you Uh could consider putting me and my staff and MRC on your list, we'd greatly appreciate that. Did they do it? I don't know. I... I'm afraid to Google care at work on my oh. work computer because I'm afraid I'm going to get, like, you know, spam and malware yeah. and welcome to ISIS.com and all that jazz. Welcome to Hezbollah phone line. For membership information, press 1. For negotiation updates, press 2. For bonus mail information, press 3. For terrorist supplies, press 4. We have currently suspended our terrorist supply service as we are engaged in negotiations with Israel. We will resume service as soon as negotiations break down. Thank you. Great. But, well, um... that's interesting. Well, you know, I, I really don't think people get a grip or have a grasp on how infiltrated our government is with the Muslim Brotherhood and all of these front groups like CARE, and there's so many of them, that, boy, we're we're just totally infiltrated. And I, I can't wait to delve into this. I can't wait to start talking about this and making people aware. And it's not that um, I want to be a fear monger, but people need to realize what is going on. And we have an opportunity as American citizens to do something about it. And the first thing about that is to know what's going on, and then we can affect change. Exactly. I think that's our biggest threat right now. I think that this is something very serious. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse, and we need to wake up. Yeah, I agree with you. And with these string of terrorist attacks we've been seeing recently, it's definitely something that I think we, we stopped worrying about for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the fear puts right back in a post-9-11 state of mind. But yeah, I'm, I'm more curious about this. I know you're a Republican, so you've probably got a few guns laying around, but this is an issue that a lot of people purposely try and avoid because they're afraid of the backlash. Are you worried about that? Well, you know, I live in Alabama, and we love our guns here in Alabama. <laughs> so I, I kind of, there's this part of me that says, I don't care what the government says. We're going to keep our guns and we're going to buy more guns and it's just what we do, but hopefully we'll never have to use them, but I definitely want to be prepared. So I don't know. I, I really think this legislation that they're looking at right now is so horrible. 
we we're not talking about the real problem. You know, the, our Republicans even want to limit gun control. They they want to crack down on guns, and that is not the problem. That is not what we need to be talking about right now. And I just. Boy, Rimzo, I know you do this all the time. You do these shows all the time, but you just want to pull your hair out sometimes. Oh, and just say, bang my head against the wall? Yes. Yeah, it's basically a daily tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? What Are they just that stupid, or have they bought into the lie? I I just I don't understand. I, I think they're just I, they're so blinded. Yeah, and, you know, I think— what fills me with optimism is when I get a random message from somebody I haven't spoken to for a while or a friend I get a phone call from out of the blue. And I had a, a friend of mine who's gay recently. He called me, and the first thing he asked me, and this is after the Orlando shooting, was the first thing he asked me was, Remso, I'm about to go buy a couple guns. What do you recommend? And I'm like, wait a second. You're a liberal. How did this come about? He's like, man, I don't want to get lynched. I don't want to get blown up. Armed gays don't get bashed. And I was like, more, more power to you, brother. I'll yeah. help you out with that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, Becky, if people want to keep up and follow you and everything you're doing, how can they get in contact with you and all that? Well, uh, WatumkaTeaParty.com is what we're doing with our tea party in Alabama. BornFreeAmericanWoman.com is my personal website, but I hate to tell you it hasn't been updated in months, but that will be changing very soon as as I am really getting back into a lot of different things. So um, they can check me out there. If they would like to do any interviews or talk with me, they can go to uh, bornfreeamericanwoman.com and there's a contact page on there. Perfect. Anyway, Becky, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to talk to you again. You bet. Thank you so much. You guys, you have a great day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Maybe I'll let you know how it went in Gitmo. If you can get out of Gitmo and talk about it, definitely. (laughs) We'll get you on here ASAP. All right. Sounds great. Have a good day. (laughs) Thanks, Becky. You too. Folks, that's our show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and listen to the show on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'm Remso W. Martinez. Have a great night. And as always, screw the FCC. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?